Well, hey, everybody. This is Scott Schimmel. I'm the co-host of the Dream Big Podcast with Bob Goff and Friends. And I'm here with Bob Goff, of course. Hey, everybody. I hope it's been a terrific week. I'm just so glad we're together again. Well, Bob, I remember a story when I was in college at USD. I got stuck in an elevator with a friend once. And you always want to check to see if that phone is there so you can call somebody. And so we decided to have a little fun with the little sweet lady at campus security who answered. Her name was Barbara. She's like four foot six. And we pretended like we were running out of oxygen, which she did not appreciate later no. when she sent like four fire trucks and paramedics. Oh, my God. What's the statute of limitations on that? I hope it's more than 15 yeah. years. <laughs> not more than 15 years. Have you ever been stuck somewhere? I've gotten stuck a couple places. <laughs> I'm sure you do with all your travel. <laughs> actually, the yeah, we got stuck in India once. Uh, we were actually trying to get uh, some kids out of a really horrible place, and uh, all the bad guys at that horrible place came and uh, like uh, uh, the mob swarmed us. Oh my gosh! We got stoned. Not like high school version. We actually <laughs> literally got oh my stoned, gosh. and then we got thrown in jail. Really? <laughs> that was a bad day. I've had some bad, bad day. days. That was a particular. Whoa. Really bad day. I had so many alternate endings for that day, and I think it just happens. It isn't something big and dramatic like that. Yeah. It just getting. I've gotten stuck in grocery lines too. Yeah. So yep. stuck is stuck. Yeah. Like whatever it is, right. like it isn't graded on a curb. Just stuck means stuck. Stuck in a conversation you want to get out of. Stuck. Yes, in you can always say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what do they say? They'll say. Uh, Let me make a long version. Uh, a long story short. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, and it's never, that was the short version. <laughs> <laughs> like you're killing me. My clothes are going out of style. Well, so many people tell us that they often get stuck in pursuing their big dreams, which makes sense. If, if it's big enough, of course, it's going to be overwhelming. Maybe you don't know what to do. Maybe you feel like you don't have what it takes. And so you get stuck. That's why I'm excited for you to have a conversation with our guest today to talk about some of those issues. How do you work getting out of being stuck? Yeah, how do you get uh, unstuck? And one of the things, if you're stuck in a car yeah. uh, in the mud, what you do is give something to where you get a little traction. Yeah, right. Uh, and you can do that any number of ways, but it could be a board. You just use what's available yeah. uh, to give yourself a little traction. And the same applies in our lives. So. Mm. Understanding, first of all, that you're stuck. That is the mm -hmm. difficult part. Sometimes right. what it feels like, it feels like a routine, typical, feels like yesterday was like today, yeah. uh, and tomorrow will look a lot like today. Mm -hmm. And what you don't realize is you're actually stuck. Yeah. And so to say, how can I get some traction mm -hmm. to get out of being stuck? And you have to have a reason. You have to be someplace you're going to. Yeah. Like what's an ambition that you're moving yep. towards? And you can see, am I closing the distance or broadening it? That's and great. you know, if you're not closing the distance, you're probably stuck. Yeah. Well, in the spirit of you having eclectic friends today on the show, you've got Ben Higgins, The Bachelor. Yeah. <laughs> How did you get to know Ben? He actually gave me a rose. Did he? <laughs> <laughs> Trimmed off the thorns, of course. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the, uh, uh, Ben and I became friends uh, a couple of years ago, and uh, he was a guy that is known for uh, one thing. Mm -hmm. uh, and then as people dig down, he's actually such a beautiful, multifaceted person as we all are. Uh, so I'm just so anxious for people to hear yeah. from Ben, who might have gotten some notoriety from being The Bachelor, but but there's a, so much more to Ben as there is to you. And so uh, keeping with this idea of being stuck, some of us are stuck having people know this little elevator speech about you. Yeah. I wrote a book, you did a mm -hmm. thing, something went great, something went bad. 
but you're known as this. And sometimes this insidious nature of being stuck, you could just have this like little one or two sentence of who you are mm -hmm. when God could not feel volumes of books about who you are. Mm. Uh, what we need to do is understand ourselves. Why yeah. do we do what we do? And that's part of getting traction in our life. Well, buckle up, everybody, as, as Bob does his best rendition of Chris Harrison interviewing The Bachelor, Ben Higgins. So, hey, Ben, thank you so much for joining us. This is, uh, this is an honor for me. I'm a big fan of everything you do, so I am thrilled to be here. Well, likewise, for the three people that don't know Ben Higgins, uh, will you introduce yourself? Like, what are some of the things that you're about and a couple of uh, places that people uh, may have connected with you along the way? Yeah, definitely. Um, well, yeah, my name is Ben. I'm from uh, a small town in Indiana. Uh, I moved out to Denver, Colorado six years ago. And uh, soon after moving out here, I had just came off of a little stint uh, living in Peru. And uh, I was living in Peru to find my identity. And it didn't work out for me. And so I moved to Denver to try to find my identity again. And it wasn't working out for me. And so finally, um, one of my good friends said, uh, Ben, you look a little lost. You feel a little lost. Uh, how about you sign up for reality television? And, uh, <laughs> I thought, well, not, yeah, that works. So I did it. And, uh, fast forward a little bit. People might best know me from, uh, being the bachelor. I was the bachelor on season 20. So it's been a few years ago now, but, uh, the bachelor taught me a thousand different things that I'm sure we'll talk about today. But one of the things uh, it led me to is now starting a company called Generous International. And Generous International is a company that only exists to try to be a fundraising platform for organizations, social causes, nonprofits that are fighting human injustice. And so I hope one day, Bob, that I'll be best known for Generous and not as much for The Bachelor. But uh, yeah, The Bachelor hasn't been all bad for me. I get to sit here and talk to you because of it. Yeah, well, one of the things that uh, we talk about in this uh, uh, framework we're calling Dream Big is how there's uh, different opportunities that come your way as soon as you figure out an ambition. And I think this ambition about uh, being not known for just one thing, but replacing that for being known for other things. Like I was a lawyer for three decades and people knew me as a lawyer until I just decided, you know, while I'm capable of being a lawyer, I actually want to be uh, something different. And you just start on something else. And one thing leads to another thing leads to another thing. So you figure out an ambition, you look for an opportunity, and sometimes it means clearing the path. I wonder if uh, among the things that uh, will happen for you in your experiences, clearing the path to say, you knew me as the guy in season 20 of The Bachelor, but I'm going to actually kind of clear the path. I want you to know who I actually am. That's who I was. Who I am right now is this guy. So tell us about that. How do you clear the path? to transition from one thing where you're widely known for to the next thing? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's such a good question. And I think for me personally, in my experience, The Bachelor is, is, was really a huge transition point in my life. It went from me being um, somebody who, again, was trying to find their identity, who was a little bit lost, who just got out of college, who moved to Peru. That didn't work out like I wanted it to. And so then I become The Bachelor and the interesting point of The Bachelor is you are celebrated for yourself. You are the highlight of the show. Uh, everybody, it feels like in the world watches this show. And it's all about you and your story. And so for me, there's an enormous amount of fame or attention that's drawn from this show immediately. You go from just being somebody that's, you know, working a nine to five job to somebody that's on the side of a building in New York. 
And so once the show was all done, or, or really why it was going on, if I wanted to pursue anything I was passionate about and do it in a way that was uh, healthy and, and good for the world and also good for me, my biggest distraction that I personally had to kind of clear away was the expectation of others and the attention that I was garnering from everything else I was doing to clear away the fame, to clear away everybody's attention so that I could pursue something for myself that I wanted to do and not what everybody else wanted me to do. Isn't that interesting how people will know uh, of, uh, even as a listener, people will know of you for something you've done. It could be even something that didn't reflect well on you. Some people will get stuck in something that was a big public meltdown or a big private meltdown or whatever it is, but uh, to how do you get to be renown and not, I'm still want to stay away from this idea of rebranded or because branding's what cowboys do to cattle. I, what I want to do is saying, how do you become the most current version of you? Was that a, how did you navigate that? How did you clear the path from saying, I know this was a connection point that you have to me. Let me get you current right now with who the man that I am. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, this show uh, did, it, it definitely kind of pigeonholed you and push you in a wall and people know you as somebody that dated on television, but they don't know your full story, right? They don't know what makes me tick. Uh, a lot of times they didn't even know my faith and my faith is the thing that makes me who I am and, and, and what I bounce my decisions off of and, and what makes me, joy-filled and, and excited every day. But then the show also brings on a platform. It's interesting that this reality television show, for good or bad, gives you more legit legitimacy to the public after the fact than before it felt like. People wanted to listen to my voice, uh, wanted to hear what I had to say. So then I go, and this has become such a piece of my identity, reality television did. Now it's afterwards. And, and the pursuit that I'm trying to tackle is fight human injustice. So the best way that I've seen to do that is to be consistently consistent in what I want to accomplish and what I want to pursue. Because what happens is over time, uh, if you dig into something with a purpose and a passion, people can recognize that. And if you do it consistently enough, I think the, the way people view you does start to change because you don't talk about your reality television experiences all the time. You don't talk about the fame you're trying to gain or the people you're trying to date or, or the things you're trying to accomplish. You talk about what you're, you're about. And for me, that was, I want to fight human injustice. I want to alleviate poverty in, in some of these specific regions. And after a while, people just understand that. They feel it. And then, you know, it isn't a great word to use, but it does become your brand. It does become what people recognize you for. You get uh, current with people. You could say, I have certain abilities. I have certain things that you're known for, but it's almost like a pivot to say, what do you want to be remembered for? Because everybody is you know, known for their opinions, but will be remembered for the way that we love people. And if you say what your ambition is, uh, let's say if you're listening and faith is a big ambition for you, that's terrific. So now drill down on it to say, uh, that's great. I, I want to uh, be more transparent to God. I want to be more available to people to say, okay, so how are we going to do that? Um, I decided to put my cell phone number in the back of a couple million books. Somebody else, that may be a bad idea for him, but find the way to get a little bit further down that hole to say, who is it that you want to be and what are the next steps? Uh, and so people get, get synced up with the current version of you. What is it that you're dreaming about? And the whole idea of letting people know your ambition, like uh, I bet everybody 
somebody you talk to, you say, I've got this beautiful ambition to help people uh, as they're fighting injustices. And I can raise awareness because I have the opportunity to access a lot of people. We can just shape the conversations. That's where they'll end up. I love that you're clear on that. And what would you say to people who aren't clear uh, on what what their next step should be. They aren't clear about how do you clear the path? How do you get away from old you and get people current on the most like uh, forward looking version of you? Yeah, and you know, Bob, it's for me. There, uh, there's a few ways that I found my my passion, and I and I believe that once you find your passion. Um, you'll have purpose in it. And then that clears out the pursuit and the pursuit. Then once you have passion and pursuit or passion and purpose, the pursuit uh, doesn't necessarily get easier, but it becomes clear. And so for me, uh, when I go around and I, I talk, it, it's came down to a few things. And, and really it's this simple, find out what makes you the angriest in this world from, you know, typically uh, in my world, it was, you know, I don't like to see people in poverty. And, and honestly, I say that. And, and oftentimes I get the response of, Oh, that's so good of you. It's not, it's a selfish, it's a very selfish ambition. I get a lot of joy after seeing people's lives get a little bit better. I feel less burdened myself. I don't know why God created me that way. I don't know why the burden of poverty was laid on my chest and I just hated it. But when I work to try to accomplish it, I just feel a little bit better about myself. Um, but with all that being said, if you, if you find out what makes you angry and you stand up and start attacking it, I think the pursuit gets clearer. I think the path gets clearer because now all the distractions, all the things like uh, whatever their distractions are, if it's, you know, we want to blame all these things like technology or, or finances or family and friends, all these distractions, they come up, become a piece of the story, but they don't become the pursuit that you're attacking. And, and once that pursuit is clear, you can start stepping forward and staying, we like to say at Generous, you stay in your lane, right? There's a thousand things out there that we could be angry about. But once you stay in your lane and you stay on that path, everything else seems to kind of go away. Uh, those distractions don't seem as important because you know what you're going after. Yeah. If you have a, uh, if you have clarity in what you want, I say like, I want to eliminate uh, uh, poverty. And then you say, you keep that right in front of you. So if someone else comes and says, do you want to go do these things? Say like the answer immediately, I think we're wired the same that way. Then I love saying yes, but to remind myself, why am I doing what I'm doing? Uh, and then when something comes along, it doesn't mean it's bad. It's just different than what you're aiming for. And I'm surrounding myself with people who I've told this is my ambition. And then if I come up with something else, they'll say, it sounds like a distraction. If you have a new ambition, then let's talk about that. But if it's the old ambition, that sounds like a distraction. You know, and you're not, you're, you're touching on something that's pretty, uh, it's a sensitive place in my life because I'm getting ready to turn 30 next week, Bob. And um, in my 20s, it felt like a time where a lot of, it, I was almost like a pinball. I was bouncing off of everything and there would be something new and shiny on this side. And I'd say, yeah, I want to go to do that too. And yes, I want to do that too. And, and what I realized that not only was it a little bit exhausting, but at some level, it was also in not a bad way, a little bit fulfilling because I felt so connected to so many different things. It, the issue became at some point when there's so many different things started to distract me from all of them. It, it started to become su such a whirlwind of items that I wanted to accomplish or things I wanted to be involved in or people I wanted to meet and see and, and those things that, that 
I became very surface level. Everything was just check a check mark and getting something off the box. And I, and I know I no longer felt like I was in depth or at, at a deep level with any of the ambitions that I was attacking. And that's where it became a problem. That's when I realized that I, I personally had distractions in my life is when I didn't feel connected to anything. Yeah, there's a that saying in the South, a, a spread a mile wide and an inch deep. And if you're Scott Hamilton and ice skate and it's frozen, an inch deep is awesome. But <laughs> if you're like a high diver, not so much. So to figure out how did God wire you, that's the beauty of like say the Enneagram, some other personality profiling that's out there to understand how did God wire me from the factory and then to live into that. You have certain capabilities. Um, the thing about ambitions is that nobody gives you a rose when you achieve it. They, you don't get, you're not like the big winner. But one of the things is that achieving the ambition is the reward in itself and finding these opportunities along the way that I bet you found so many times that one thing will lead to another thing. So if somebody asks you, how did you get there? I would say, you know, it's probably a dozen good decisions and two dozen bad ones kind of actually got me here. And I've learned that there's certain things that have um, have been so laden with purpose that they kind of just suck you along in the vortex. You get in that lane uh, with people that are moving in that direction. Beautiful things will happen. And there's the other things that are distractions where you get caught in an eddy. I, I, uh, I brought my son, uh, Richard, with me to the Nile River. And uh, we wanted to go down these class five rapids. And there's no class six, you're just dead. And so it was a great idea until we got into the rapids. <laughs> And Richard launches out of this boat and we get stuck in an eddy at the bottom of this like huge, well, like cascading ball of water. And Richard is gone for 45 minutes. We don't even know where he is. And I'm thinking, what am I going to tell his mom? <laughs> I thought he was with you. <laughs> but one of the things that happened is that uh, we got our our oars out, we got back in the fast moving water. And I think clearing the path sometimes is if you feel like you're in an eddy with your job or your career or your relationships, I would say, go a little deeper, get the oars back in the water and get back in, in into the fast moving currents. Uh, uh, quit playing it safe because I think the idea of playing it safe sometimes keeps us away from our beautiful ambitions. What, when's a time that you haven't played it safe recently? When you said, I'm just going for it. I know it's nuts. I'm willing to be misunderstood. Yeah. And, and Bob, if you don't mind, I want to pause for a second to ask you a question because this question was brought up to me at an event I spoke at uh, a month ago. And so I agree with you. That was my advice too, was, was not to play it safe. Jump back in and just keep going because ultimately life's moving forward with or without you. Here's the question that was brought to me and I don't know how to answer it is when do we stop to celebrate? So if we have this ambition and we have this goal in front of us and we're exhausting ourselves at times and we're oftentimes we're not to, to attack this ambition. If we just keep moving in the water, if we just keep flowing forward as fast as we can, at what level do we stop to appreciate and, and celebrate the ride that we're on? And, 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 and I don't know how to answer it. And, and as you say that, I totally agree. I just don't know when we stop. I know one of the cadences we have just with the team I have around me, we stopped just, uh, I think it was Friday or Thursday. We said, these are the four things that we set out to do. And let me just like, just give you an update on where we're at on those four things. 
These are the things that are happening. We're headed for Afghanistan again next week. We're doing this. It's great to just get your team together to say, these are the four things that we set out to do. We put them on the wall, say, these are the four things with lots of subparts. And here's a quick update, just so we can actually high five each other to say, we're about a third of the way into this year. We feel like we've been at it for much longer than that, but to pause. And so I'm right back to having clarity on what you want. And so at some point, whether it emerges over time, but to write it down, to say, this is what I want. And to uh, we talk about them, we have names. We, these are the four rivers that we're rafting on, right? And to say, river number one, let me tell you, let's just see how the water level is. River number two. And you can pick these rivers, like they can include, like to have family time. My cadence is to spend nine months a year Mach 5, hair on fire, just all gas, no break. And then three months out of the year, I just disappear with my family. We go up to Canada, we just chill out. We're off the grid, we make our electricity, we grow our food. We're just off the grid. What's a cadence for you? What's a, what's a kind of a time to pause if you, if you have one at all? Yeah, you know, I don't right now. And that's such a good lesson for me to hear. And I think it's a great lesson, Bob, for people my age and people older and younger than me to hear too, is to to take to make a cadence to to not feel like you have to go, 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 go all the time. And, you know, I, I spend one of my favorite things to do, I, I own um, a tobacco pipe that I've had since college. And I love to turn off all the lights in my house. And uh, I play music, I play some easy listening music, and I pray. And I took on this pipe and I really don't do much else. And, and, and what happens for me is my mind goes away and I feel like God speaks to me in those moments. But I, I think in, in, it seems like in, in kind of the times we're in, if we're talking distractions, people always have something next and there's always something coming up and, and you feel the pressure of accomplishing everything that comes through your, you know, through your lens. And that's difficult and it's not fun. And, and so one of the things, if you asked me a little bit ago, what's one of the ways that I've, uh, I've risked or, or jumped in here recently, and it is uh, setting my calendar, setting weeks completely free of nothing else. And that is a really scary idea to me, Bob. It's, it's terrifying in a sense, because what's going to happen in those weeks that I'm not doing anything or those weeks that I am resting and in, investing in my friendships and my family and, and the relationships around me, because I'll actually have to do it. And that, it doesn't seem like something scary to maybe most. To me, it's frightening. Isn't that interesting? You find the things that uh, scare you the most, figure out why, what is it about that? What's the thing underneath the thing? And then to imagine the beauty that might come of just sitting and smoking your pipe. I've got a, a friend that we, for a year, uh, he was going through a difficult time and we had uh, the same pipes and we got bubbles. Remember when you're a kid and you have bubbles yeah. that you've blown, but you blow the smoke into the bubble. Have you tried that yet? Oh, it'll change your life because all the smoke gets captured in the bubble and then it floats and then it pops. Everybody listening, do this, blow your mind. But there's something that was so restorative in that because it wasn't just being in proximity to each other. It was to actually be present. And I think you, you don't need to take three months off. You could take three minutes and just be actually present with somebody. Oftentimes when I'm speaking to somebody, I'll put my hand on their shoulder. And it's not because I'm a touchy-feely guy, just putting in a, in a larger 
group of people, I want the person to know I'm just talking to you. I'm not looking over your head at the next person. It's just me and you. And there's something beautiful about uh, kind of in the South, that idea of being where your feet are. Um, I want to be just really present with people. And you can do this. You don't have to say, well, I don't have three, mo- uh, three months to spend. But I go like, dude, I've got three minutes right now. It's me and you. And that's what I think I've enjoyed with our conversations that we could actually be present with each other and talk about things that matter and just say, um, I'm not going to, while I'm hoping to be the next guy, I'm not rushing that. Um, What I I have is a lot of ambitions and I've got clarity on what those ambitions are. And I'm looking for opportunities to go after those. If they come by, I'm not trying to force it, but when those opportunities come by, I'm trying to net them like butterflies because otherwise they just flow, but they're beautiful. They just, they're not yours anymore. And uh, once you find that, to kind of clear the path and say, what's the stuff that's been holding me back? And for you, it sounds like one of those was to just go flying a mile a minute and to just have a little bit of time to pump the brakes. How would you do that just as a practical matter? Do you literally draw a line through a calendar? I, I book it out. My, I have an amazing coordinator and assistant. And, and what I do is I just send it out and I say, no, this, this is a free week. And she celebrates that for me. It's, it's actually terrific. She, she's so excited when I do that. But it is as a practical, that's what I do. And then I'll let, I'll send a text out to most of my friends, letting them know, Hey, this is a week I'm, I'm doing nothing. And, and I hope you're okay with that. So please don't call me to, to show up to a meeting uh, this week. And, and they all are very respectful of that. Actually, I think most people are surprised that somebody today can still do that, which is a habit I'd like to get into. One thing that helped me be really present, I have uh, some people that uh, help me out and they only tell me what I'm doing today, tomorrow, and the next day. Isn't that beautiful to be like, I'm not thinking about what I'm doing a week or two weeks from now. It's like today, it's like me and you, Ben. Uh, tomorrow, I haven't even looked at and the next day, I haven't even thought about. <laughs> but yeah. but uh, but there's that's the horizon. And uh, if, if for other people, that would be a disaster. They need to see the year. Uh, so find out the way God wired you and then uh, build in these little circuit breakers that'll help you get there. What do you do, Ben, when you're misunderstood? Because that happens to me all the time. When you talk about clearing the path, I, I write books uh, and the people in faith communities uh, seem to enjoy them, but I don't put any Bible verses in it. Because I know I, I'm not trying to write to the uh, the guy that's in his second year of seminary. I want to write to the guy at the tire store that has fell far away from God. And I just want him or her to know you are so welcome. Uh, but I'm not trying to tell people what to believe. I think God uh, does that. I think what we do is let everybody know they're invited. How about you? I get misunderstood for that. People think, well, you know, you should do more of this, more of that. And, uh, and I, I just don't give any thought to that. I just know who I'm writing to. How about you? When you get misunderstood, what happens to you? Yeah. You know, it, the most of the the people that are, are my audience or the people that have watched or, or been around are, are more of a secular audience. It's, it's, you know, we have different things. A lot of your following is are, are people coming from faith or interested in it. And then now they read your books and they go, all right, this actually reaches out to everybody. For me, a lot of people that watch the show or watch the bachelor or follow me in my life, you know, don't have maybe a faith background. And so instead of spending my time, Bob, constantly trying to explain myself or to clarify, what I try to do is, is allow people in. So I've, I guess, combated being misunderstood by being trying to be 
insanely vulnerable by not really hiding anything about me, crying when I need to cry, sharing those moments that you need to share with friends or family or just fans at, a, at a, an event is if I, if I believe that if I'm incredibly vulnerable, that people are going to see me for who I am at a higher level. And then they'll want to dig in more as well. We're always going to be misunderstood. And these, in a world where we have a lot of you know, one minute conversations, which aren't all bad, there's a lot still going to be there that's hidden. You're not going to get it all out. And so for me, I walk into each conversation, really each day now with my prayer being, I want to be as vulnerable as possible, no matter what that looks like at every level. And, and typically, I think people respond fairly well to that. They, they aren't threatened uh, by anything I'm doing. And they're also intrigued by the things that I believe in because they see that it, it, it's real. And one of the things that uh, we can each bring uh, to each conversation, we got to kind of set the rules by being authentic, uh, being vulnerable, and then being really present. Uh, that would be three things I'd hope that people could take away from this. And the conversations that I've had with you, they've been authentic ones. And, and one of the things that I, I hope will be the things that we're remembered for. It wouldn't be accomplishments, but that we were actually good friends. We were actually present with one another. So thank you so much, Ben, for spending a couple minutes. There's like a couple hours more I want to talk to you about. And we're actually going to do that. We're going to get into some more mischief uh, soon. I want you to come and uh, go do either a trip or a, something. We're going to end up at the same place soon. But thank you for loving people well. And uh, and I love that you're pursuing your passions. And Amanda, what, what if people wanted to get more information about what you're doing, where would they tie into? Yeah, definitely. Well, I want to take a second to Bob and just say, you know, in this world where I said it, reality television and, and The Bachelor is maybe not what people would associate um, with somebody from faith or, or, or somebody that be accepted into your circle. And, and I and I really do. I love you for, for who you are and who you were to me six years ago and then who you were to me now after this crazy experience and that you still for all this being said, you still accepted me in. You cleared the path to allowing me to be your friend. And then you allow me just to be myself to you. So I appreciate that. And I think uh, for me, remembering you or when I, when I get ready to talk to you, I get excited because I know that it's going to be a moment that you care about as well. And you don't have, you wouldn't, you didn't have to care about me, uh, especially from the background that I come from. And so Bob, I appreciate that. And then yeah, if you want to follow me, uh, Higgins.Ben on Instagram or uh, go to generouscoffee.com. That's really the way that uh, right now I'm inviting people to kind of get involved in the story. It is a community of people just totally sold out on trying to do something good for the world. And I'm so pumped about it. We have over 150 people actively involved in this organization from a volunteer level. And we are fighting to just bring communities of the people together with a common purpose. And that is to love people well. So yeah, Bob, I, I appreciate you. I love you. And I thank you for everything you're doing. Thanks, Ben. Love you too. Have a great day. Appreciate it. I'll see you. See ya. Well, uh, Ben is not just a dreamy bachelor on a show. He's a really deep guy with a lot of wise thoughts. Yeah, and as with all of you that are listening to the show, uh, there's so many different layers to you. There's the surface layer that everybody will know. There's a thing that you're known for, but then there's the thing that you're all about. Uh, yeah. And what I want to be about is uh, helping uh, people if they have an ambition, how can we uh -huh. get there? And I hope if there's something that you've heard from Ben or one of the other guests that resonates with you, say like, what's my next mm. step? How do I take something I've been thinking about? If there's something that pinged you, 
what's my next step? Mm-hmm. Don't just agree. That's like, uh, yeah. that, that won't get you anywhere. But to say, I resonate with that. And now what that does is it makes me want to do this. Yeah. So write that down, write it on your arm, write it on the arm of the next person next to you. You'll have yeah. a new thing to talk about that. But, but to take some action on that, yeah. uh, roll out these dreams and ambitions, uh, that I think are so complex that some of us have been afraid to actually mm-hmm. dig, dig in. Boy, you've got your life. Like dig yeah. in, don't take all the steps, just the next one. Well, he asked this great question. What do you do when other people put you in a box? Sometimes we get stuck by how people see us in the box that they put us in. I remember years ago trying to get out of this perception that I was just this sarcastic, funny dude. I wanted people to know I, I have a heart. I really care about deep things. Or I remember professionally, people saw me as this very steady eddy manager. But deep down, I felt like oh, I'm an entrepreneur. I like to start things. So what is it about other people's perceptions that can help us feel like we can't get out of what they think? Yeah, don't be typecast. Yeah. Um, whoever it was, the actor in Dumb and Dumber, uh-huh. then became the actor in Newsroom. That's right. And he's a, a guy that changed roles. Instead of being this goofy sidekick, yeah. he actually became uh, this leading actor. And I would mm-hmm. say, take your rightful place. If you're listening and you feel like people have misunderstood you, they know you in one way. Like I'm Bob Goff, like the fun balloon, go for it mm-hmm. guy. And indeed, that's authentic. I'm a fun, happy yeah. guy. Yeah. Uh, but there's actually some other sides to me. And I hope in this podcast that we have enough of these conversations, we could get real enough to yeah. say, yeah, uh, Bob, the r- really insecure guy, the mm-hmm. guy that actually is so scared of rejection. Mm-hmm. Like, I I just don't like that is kryptonite, like just yeah. rejection. Yeah. And it's not, but uh, Bob isn't looking for validation. I'm not yeah. looking for applause, but don't give me rejection. Yeah. I think if we could understand, instead of feel like we're trying out for a part that we already have, mm-hmm. you've got the part. It's go be you. Yeah. You want to do something yeah. awesome for God? Go be yeah. you. Now let's tease out who you are right. and what makes you react and respond. Yeah. What do you need to clear the path on yeah. so you can get about the important thing of, of building that rocket ship that's supposed to be your life? Well, it's a balance, right? Of thinking through the voices in your life that are the important voices, the ones who tell you the truth, but the most important voice is your own, how you hear yourself think about yourself. Man, and sometimes our voices uh, can really mess with us because what we're doing is channeling other voices in our life, people that said, you're not good enough, you're not Mm -hmm. smart enough, you're not whatever enough. And to say, it isn't the self-help, just a bunch of like, you know, positive affirmations Mm -hmm. on a mirror. And that has a place, I suppose. But to just be accurate about where am I? When you walk into a big shopping center, there's an X and it says, this is where you are. And that's just so clarifying for me. Mm -hmm. I'm like, now I get it. Now we know. And if you could do the work it takes to find out where the X is, Mm -hmm. this is where I am. And then set a course towards this direction. This is where I'd like to move with some of my ambitions. Now we got a ball game. Uh, But you need to be willing to do the work that'll help you locate where you actually are. Where are you in your faith? Where are you in your relationships? Hmm. Where are you uh, with your dealing with your failures, mm-hmm. with your limitations. And then to say, I'm not going to let those things define me. Mm-hmm. What I'm going to do is let them more accurately give me some dead reckoning on yeah. where I am headed and how I get there from where I am. Yep. Well, in that spirit, this month, we've got a giveaway for you, a guided journaling handbook. It's a workbook to help you figure out where your ex is, where you are, the voices in your head that are keeping you stuck. And so it just is as simple as downloading that from the show notes 
printing it out, keep it on your laptop, going to a coffee shop, and then sitting down with a friend that, whose voice you can trust to tell you the truth. The last thing, Bob, uh, you had this conversation with Ben about the old me versus the new me. So who's Bob Goff in five years? Oh, well, I hope I have dozens of grandchildren. <laughs> I got no one, but kids. there's room for more. Yes, if you're listening, children, make people. Um, one of the things that uh, I think five years from now, I'll be about 65, and I hope to be spending uh, less time uh, away and more time like mm. actually present. And I hope that where I uh, spend the most time is probably with just the family. Hmm. And we'll have some time uh, to have conversations like this and podcasts. Yeah. And if I can still spell cat, I might write a book or two. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to actually, hopefully, I'll just be more and more self-aware, more hmm. uh, available uh, to these grandkids mm -hmm. that'll be coming up. I want yeah. them to start dreaming some dreams. Mm -hmm. I've, I've been learning how to fly a hot air balloon. I'm having so much no fun. Way. Here's the thing about hot air balloons. You never know where they're going to land. Yeah. So you need to be nice because you <laughs> might have landed in somebody's backyard. And so one of the things I mm -hmm. hope is to instill some of that in a culture that's pushing back or minimizing the value of just being nice. Yeah. They think that's like kind of a lesser uh, version. Huh. I think being nice is kind of the pinnacle yeah. of like make it yeah. nice, not just so that you get a grin out of people, but yeah. it's the culmination of everything you're hoping for, mm -hmm. like contagious optimism, uh, anticipation for what could happen. And that just translates to people. He's a nice guy. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm super down with that. Right. So five years from now, hope I'm a nice guy. That's good. Well, we will not put you in a box no matter what along the way. So thanks, everybody, for listening in to this episode. Stay tuned for more episodes and a new theme coming up next month. The most frequent questions we hear at Dream Big are actually really simple. The questions are this. How do I do it? How do I focus on my ambitions and bring them to life? How do I reorganize everything and move towards these dreams that are inside me? That's what Dream Big is all about. And we want to give you an actual resource that you can use so that you can move from your ideas and your ambitions to reality. So go to the link in the show notes, download a really simple workbook that you can use today.